solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe, speaks a lot about dominion, subjection, and power. And we cannot use earthly definitions of these concepts to interpret what that means for our Lord Jesus Christ in relationship to the universe. Looking at human conceptions of power, Jesus gave this parable to his disciples when the Middle East was subjected to the Roman Empire. And while people want to marvel about the architecture and the road systems and other things that happened during the Roman Empire, it was a brutal regime. And even though they talked about the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome, the subtext was there will be peace as long as you do not rebel against the Roman Emperor. Otherwise the rebellion will be quelled and in fact will crucify you to a cross to let other people know this is what will happen to you if you rebel against the Roman Empire. And the cross was used primarily for treason and for other noted crimes as defined by the Roman Empire. When the Roman Emperor subjected people to himself, when he established dominion, it was not to free people. It was not to liberate them. It was not to enhance their lives. It was to exploit them. And we need to be careful how human power is exercised even now. In one way, we can talk about power as the ability to act. So, for example, my invitation for you to act rationally in regards to what you and your family members and extended family members and friends will do at Thanksgiving in response to the pandemic, which is not going away, which is not disappearing anytime soon. Another conception of power is a group or a person who can direct people to do something or influence people to do something. And so those who have leadership, whether in society or in the church, are invested with great responsibility. And so leadership can be used to enhance people's lives or endanger people's lives. I saw the testimony of a nurse in South Dakota who sat with a number of COVID patients who were dying, who continued to claim in their dying breaths that COVID was a hoax. And quite frankly, the leadership that influenced people to continue to think that even though they were dying of that virus, will have a lot to account for. And I'll let God be the judge as I review my own life and let God be the judge of my life. But it reminds us that we are invested with great responsibility to either influence people for good or for ill, even in ways that lead people to death. 
How does God exercise his power? The Bible says that God is love, not love is God. So that we would not say any human conception or whatever we define to be as love, that that must be God. No, God is love, and God defines what it means to love, to form and foster relationships. And because God is giving of himself, he creates the universe and all that's within it, including the earth, all that is within it including the crown of his creation, human beings created in his image and likeness. God is God. God needs no one to tell him he's God. God doesn't have an ego that needs to be stroked. But because God is love, he wants to give of himself. And so he shares life and love with the crown of his creation. But the first human beings could only trust God to a certain point. And so fellowship with God was broken. But what does God choose to do? What does God choose to do in response to his power? He continues to want to share his life and love with the crown of his creation. Yes, they had to face the consequences of their choices that have reverberated across the centuries. But he makes a decision to continue to reach out to us, to heal the wounds of sin and division, to reconcile us back to himself. Even so much so that the eternal Son of God becomes one like us. God wants to establish dominion. God wants to establish subjection over us. But not to enslave us, but to liberate us. And the insidious temptation of the enemy is to say that to submit to God's commands is slavery. When to submit to God's commands is an expression of love for the one who has loved us first and loves us forever and has more of a desire than we do to share life and love with him for eternity that death cannot break. So that when we heard in the second reading that all the enemies need to be put under Christ's feet, it's the enemies that have attempted to destroy the crown of God's creation including death. God exercises his power to enhance our lives. God exercises his power to liberate us from anything that affects our dignity, affects our destiny. So God reminds us as we celebrate this solemnity that he has transformed the human understanding of how to exercise power. If we have the proper understanding, we'll have the proper utilization of power. Whether it's how we act individually or collectively, whether we are in positions in which to influence people, and all of us have power, even if you think you don't have power. All of us have power to influence people to do what's right or to do what's wrong. Now, when Jesus was preaching this parable, the Roman emperor, the Roman empire, thought nothing about Jesus, didn't even think he had any power. He was the leader of a small sect in Judaism. Even the puppet king in Judea, who just got a little slice of power from the Roman empire, didn't think 
Jesus had any power. Even some of the religious, religious leaders didn't think Jesus had any power, even though they thought Jesus was a threat. And so they wanted him out of the scene. But Jesus transforms our understanding of what is powerful in the world. And so the acts of mercy that he talks about in the gospel reading were not seen as powerful acts in the Roman Empire. Just like uh, some political leaders today, the Roman Empire operated power in a transactional way. How does it benefit me? How does it prop up the empire? When the power that God talks about is transformational, how does it enhance the dignity of the people that I have created in my image and likeness, God says. So that at the end of time, at the last judgment, Jesus says that whatever human beings think about power and influence, it will mean nothing before his throne. What is the most powerful thing is to learn his principles for living, to put it into practice, that informs our purpose for living and gives us an inheritance that is eternal. Sure, we want, uh, we want influence here, but again, influence to do what is good. I want influence to continue to lead the people of God here at Holy Family Church. I want influence to continue to build the church, even in the midst of a pandemic. Jesus calls us to be influential. He says, go into all the nations, baptizing, make disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teach everything that I've commanded you. He wants us to be influential, to lead people to experience eternity with God and fruitful living here on earth. As we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that practicing the principles that Christ gives to us has implications for here and now. That's why the church takes from this parable the corporal works of mercy. It says that if we're followers of Christ, then we would be instruments of the Lord's steadfast love in these concrete ways along with other ways. And even if no one recognizes it, that's not our purpose for doing it. Now, some people may say that when Jesus said, as long as you did it for the least of my brothers and sisters, you did it for me, that he's inviting people to a transactional relationship. No, he is saying that we need to see how we act within the lens of being a disciple of Christ. And that there's no division in any aspect of our life from who we are in Christ and what we are called to be in the world. And so we gladly subject ourselves to Christ, the King of the universe, who has established his dominion not to enslave, but to liberate. 